This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. Today's podcast episode is an interview with Claire Campagna. She is a life purpose and identity coach, 200-hour RYT and astrology and human design enthusiast located in North Carolina. She's a 5-1 emotional projector, and she works with clients on identifying and addressing the specific obstacles, keeping them from living with purpose and to help them connect with themselves on a soul level. Her goal is to support people in cultivating lasting and authentic fulfillment in their lives through self-connection. So today's going to be a very amazing podcast episode, and I'm really excited for you to dive in. So let's get into it. So today we're really going to be diving into her story, how she got into entrepreneurship, being a coach, running her business, how she discovered human design. And we're also going to dive into how she uses human design with her clients, because I think it's really interesting when we dive into the different ways that mentors, coaches, facilitators use the system with people, because there's always a little bit of a different flavor. And I think that's really fascinating. So Claire, Welcome to the channel. I'm so excited to have you here. I would love if you can just start the conversation, if you want to share a little bit about yourself, and then we're just going to get into the flow of our of our talk today. Yes, thank you for having me, first of all. And yeah, I mean, to summarize what I do, I think just saying that I use human design and astrology specifically as tools is number one, recognizing those are my two favorite forms of modalities, if you will, but really the way I use them is to help people tap into their power, to see their whole selves, to understand themselves better, but also to actually accept all parts of themselves, which then, you know, turns into empowerment, turns into the clarity people are looking for, the fulfillment, the genuine alignment, all of the things that I think most of us are seeking, whether consciously or subconsciously. So good. And I really love this too, because right before we hit record, I was chatting with Claire and she was sharing this with me. And I was like, I was laughing because she has a completely open G center. And I was like, this is literally the magnifying glass of an open G, like helping people see themselves. And so I thought that was so beautiful how you actually see literally live in play her embodying her design, but also leveraging human design. Like it's kind of this inception, like as we go along here, which is really great. So I would love to hear What is your story of how you became an an entrepreneur and like got into your business? Yeah, it's pretty meta when you put it that way. (laughs) Um, And I'm only going to add to that with my story because I essentially had, I call it my quarter life crisis. Like I had an existential crisis at 27, 26 years old in my corporate job. I was killing it, you know, just, just saying it straight. I was doing really well. Uh, financially very successful. I had been there for seven years. I'm like, you know, I'm getting promotions. I'm getting asked to become a manager, all the things. And I'm like, oh my God, I hate this. This isn't great. But I'm having my open G-Center identity crisis of getting slapped in the face and recognizing I have no idea who I am and what I actually like and what I actually want in life, what I actually value in life. And it was 
terrifying and super frustrating. Like I sat in bitterness and resentment for probably a year and a half, just hating my job and my life, which from the outside looking in looked perfect. And quite frankly, was exactly what I had worked my ass off to get to. Um, so I was just really pissed. I was like, I can't believe I've let it get this far. I can't believe I have no idea how to get out of this. I don't know what to do. And that's when I fell down the rabbit holes of astrology and human design. And it all just kind of started making sense why I was so unhappy, why I was so confused about who I was, why I felt super polar in who I was presenting on the outside versus who I was on the inside or felt like I was on the inside. And it just led me down this path of so much self-discovery, so much, you know, inner work that I think a lot of us did over the past several years being locked down for part of it. And it was just really intense and really fast. And I started just collecting anybody's information that would give it to me. I probably got, you know, a hundred plus people's information and was just like obsessing over learning how to connect the dots between actual placements in people's charts and their real life behavior and how it was playing out. Um, as a projector, it's a lot easier for me to look at other people's charts and see, see how it's playing out for them versus my own. And that was just making things make so much sense. And it got to the point where I was, you know, I was reading charts on the clock at my corporate job. I was like, okay, I probably actually need to do something about this and stop sitting on my hands and actually create something with it. Cause people are clearly, you know, recognizing me for it. And they're seeing that I know what I'm talking about and that I can provide insight. And so that led to where I'm at today, where I'm, you know, doing it more quote unquote officially. And it's been so fun just watching those light bulbs go off for other people while you're helping them to connect the dots on who they are and why they feel like they're, you know, six different people at once or like they're getting pulled in different directions and recognizing that that's, that's not made up. It's actually happening and, and they get to kind of get a sneak behind the curtain of where it's actually coming from, which makes them feel so much more sane <laughs> and, and empowered really. They're like, okay, this is real. This is a real feeling. This isn't just like me being lazy. I actually am not energetically designed to be in this corporate job or whatever it may be. And it's been really beautiful, like watching my own life change and my client's life change. This is so good. I always love hearing how people's lives change so drastically once they discover human design. And I want to ask you like specifically, how did you discover human design? Was it somebody asked you for your chart or were you in a like a group setting and somebody brought it up? Like that part always interests me too, because it's usually these really interesting scenarios where people hear about it and then they kind of let it go and then it keeps coming back into their life. So I really want to know if you also fit into that category of experience. Yeah, I love that question because I've never really thought about it, but it's it is a kind of cool story, I guess. Like I went down the astrology rabbit hole first. I think that's the the normal path, the traditional path. It's like everywhere everyone knows their sun sign and so with that you know the algorithm probably was like oh I wonder if she'll be interested in this and started showing me some things and I was but I was also like I'm pretty new to this astrology thing and this is already very complicated and a lot of information to learn 
but to your point, it kept showing up. And I have a dear friend who I actually met because she read my birth chart, um, like right at the beginning of this existential crisis, but we've become friends since. And I reached out to her and was like, hey, I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but I, if you have any connections, like, please hook me up with somebody because I'd love to get my chart read. I'm really interested in this. And she was like, Claire, I'm not kidding. I literally am coming out with that offering in the next month. Like I've been hibernating and working on this for months. And it was just like a weird, I was like, oh my gosh, sign me up. I'll be your first one. Um, and I mean, she since has created like courses and stuff on it and just has been, you know, a mentor to me directly and just through her content alone. And that's what opened the door for me. I, I like getting readings myself because again, as a projector, I like, kind of need somebody else to hold the mirror up to me. But that's what helps me to understand it. And then just, I'm a five one. I, I dive in. So good. Oh, I love it. The five one too, like that, I feel when you, I bet when you found like really dove into astrology and human design, it was like, oh my God, because I've worked with so many five ones, like as a six, two sacral generator, like, I don't know what it is, but I literally magnetize five ones. And I think it's because like, they want to, they want to investigate. And they're obviously this mentor energy of wanting to bring the solutions to people. And then I feel like with the six, two, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm seeing what's ahead and bringing it here. So it's like, you want those things to share. It's just so interesting how that aspect as well can really like pull the right people in. So I'm curious also though, when you, when you really started to get into human design and you're like doing this on the clock at your corporate job, how did you exit? Cause I know there's so many people that listen to my channel who are entrepreneurs because that's who I, that's who I talk for. And that's a really big thing. Like, how did you exit and really start your coaching business? Yeah, I will not lie. It was terrifying. And I, as you heard, for about a year and a half, I was just pissed off and sat in my corporate job. And then for about two more years, I was trying to figure out a way out slash at the back end of that, creating a way out. Um, and very long story short, I put the bones of my business together and I planned to let it grow organically and leave when I felt comfortable enough with what was coming in. Uh, as soon as the bones were put together, I was like, uh-oh, I can see the potential of this and can't stay here anymore. <laughs> Before even a dime was coming in, uh, which was terrifying, terrifying. I was so scared. I have so much root chakra stuff that I just like have to work through in general in life. And that that was one of those things where I feel like I went through round 75 of my quarter life crisis of just like trying to figure out what the hell to do with my life. And ultimately I came to the conclusion that I didn't know what the future was going to look like, but I knew that where I was currently at wasn't going to be a part of it. And the sooner I exited that stage as scary and terrifying as it was, the sooner I could figure out what the next step was going to look like they weren't going to go hand in hand as I had imagined it. And that was something I just had to kind of release and be okay with. And that reminder of, I've literally never let myself down before. Why do I think this time I will? Is what kind of pushed me over the ledge to have the tough conversations, to talk to my husband, to be like, I'm going to quit. Like, I know that 
we're not ready and this isn't what we talked about, but I literally can't stay here at this job in integrity. I'm going to drop the ball and I have way too, you know, big of a job here to do that. And I can't let them train me to get a promotion right now. <laughs> so as soon as I voiced that out loud, I had opportunities rolling my way, like nothing crazy, nothing that was by any means going to replace my um, corporate salary, but things that were going to keep me afloat, like literally within 24, 48 hours. And I was like, all right, I'm putting in my resignation. And I can tell you that even feeling, having all of that come together and feeling like it was 100% the right decision, which is, you know, not really a thing with an emotional authority, but I felt like it was right. I still, the morning that I was going to quit, I still sat and stared at my computer screen from like 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. just staring. There was no movement. I was in like a straight up freeze state, just terrified to have the conversation. I did it though, but it it was so scary. <laughs> Oh, I love that I have invited you to go into like the depths of like, no, I want like the behind the scenes of how you exited. Like, what did you do? And I just, there's so many golden things that you said in there. And I think one of the things I really love is that you've never, you, I don't remember verbatim, but you said like, I've never let myself down. So why, you know, why would I start doubting myself now? And it's so interesting because I'm, I'm in an interesting supportive situation with my fiance right now where he's a splenic projector and it's like, the holding on to things. And I'm like, you have to create space. Like you have to let go and you have to have faith. And it's like, it's so interesting how we all will hold on to things externally to try and control that feeling of safety and security and just feeling like we are literally in control. Like it's going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. But it's like, you don't actually trust yourself fully if you're not able to let go because it's the letting go. And when you're just left with yourself, like, yeah, it's fucking scary because there is physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually only so much that we can do when it's just us left. But I feel like if we're, if we're creating space for our dream and what lights us up and what is nurturing our soul, I, I've always had this belief. I mean, I had to like create over the last few years. Like you can't fuck it up if you only pursue what it is that you want. Agree. I so agree. And that was, that was essentially what I was feeling. And I was like, I will figure out the details of how to make this work one step at a time. I don't need to know how I'm going to match my corporate salary the day that I'm stepping out the door of my corporate job. Yeah. Like, I want to, but I, I don't need to. <laughs> yeah. It's not necessary. And it's quite frankly, just not realistic either. And yeah, it, it was a huge shift for me to just also have my projector partner, my projector husband hold the mirror up to me, like right at the end of that timeline, when I was at just like peak, get me the hell out of this job, but didn't know how to step out he had a moment with me where he, I was like having a temper tantrum essentially after one of my calls with a client or a vendor or something like that. And I was just, you know, just being so cranky and to no one just out loud. And he was like, you have learned so much about yourself. You meditate more than you ever have. You do all these practices, all the things. And he's like, you're literally the most miserable I've ever seen you. You're miserable to be around. 
you're a miserable person. And I was like, okay. Um, but like out of pure intentionality, like truly just to hold the mirror up to me, like he is blunt and I appreciate that. And I needed to hear it. And it was so spot on. It was so true. It was like, I'm choosing to sit in my own shit right now. I'm choosing this. I, nobody is keeping here. He has been telling me you can leave, like leave. If you, you, you're literally a pain to be around leave because you don't want to be there. And it's obvious. And it was that moment of like recognition where I was just like, wait, like, why am I choosing this shitty, comfortable position when I could be choosing the scary, uncomfortable position that's going to open me up to everything that I want like why <laughs> it's so oh my god I I'm really stoked about this conversation and how we're just like hitting the nerves because I know the listeners are gonna be listening to this like squirming because I know there's gonna be people who are hearing this and like knowing that they're choosing the wrong uncomfortable you know what I mean like there's like they know that they're tolerating what it is that they don't want so if you're fucking listening to this this is your sign obviously that you need to hustle your little butt into what it actually is that you want and it's interesting because we're taught that specific thing around okay well I'm either going to be uncomfortable doing what it is I don't want to do or I'm going to be uncomfortable doing what it is that I want to do and it's like the quote, choose your heart. Like it's going to be hard to do the shit you don't want to do, or it's going to be hard to figure out how you're going to create, sustain, appreciate the things that you do want, like choose your fucking heart. But the way that our ego works, obviously, is that, okay, but if I stay in the corporate, I know that I'm going to get the salary every month and I know I'm going to get benefits and I know I'm going to have safety and security. And then there's this whole thing. This is what I should be doing, Right. And it's so crazy. I'm just going to say the side story because I feel like you're going to get this looking at our our baby boomer parents and looking at how millennials, Gen Z, all of them, like we are totally shifting away from corporate. And it's like my fiance is in the process of joining this firm where he's going to be doing a partnership with someone. And this guy is like in his late, mid, late 40s. And he's like, oh, I just, I work really hard. I'm always working. Like I don't take time off. Haven't had a vacation in years. And my fiance is like, I want work-life balance like this whole this whole narrative of like oh you should work really hard until you retire and then you can travel is so beyond dead like I know that millennials and under that like younger are just not tolerating that anymore and I'm I'm so curious I feel like I'm sitting here like as a sixth line like like watching with a little bag of popcorn like the corporate industry crumble because what they have done for 40 50 years up until this point is not going to continue like it's it's so fascinating to me and every time I hear these conversations I'm like I really want to see his human design chart like I really need to see this you know <laughs> 100% that was really hard to bite my tongue at my corporate job and not be like so Karen <laughs> what time were you born because <laughs> I just I I 100% agree with all of what you just said it's it's just something that millennials and anybody younger, like you mentioned, like we're just not subscribing to it just because it always has been doesn't mean it's the way it should be because we're looking at the generations above us and seeing, well, I'm not really seeing the evidence that that was the best way it should have played out. So I'm going to need you to convince me otherwise, or I'm doing my own thing. And 
I think we all know that that's terrifying to do something that's never been done before. Um, I think we also know that that's the only way that we figure out a new way to do things. <laughs> yes. I feel like as millennials, we're going to be the first to kind of take this plunge into entrepreneurship and to really push those boundaries where the younger generations are probably going to take more action sooner because they've witnessed us do it first. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. so interesting. I was on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and Gary V had posted this reel and it randomly came up. Like I don't follow him, but it was, he was just popping off about how he's like, Oh, you think millennials and Gen Z are lazy because they don't want to go and work some corporate job. Like they're going to, they just know they have options. They're like, yeah, I can work the corporate job for 50 K a year. I can go like make a career on TikTok for 62. Like there's just options to do things differently because of the internet and being able to leave and start a coaching business. And it's like, there's just so many opportunities. And I feel like this is such an abundant time, even though it's so fucking terrifying to actually go after what you want. I totally agree. It's, it's so scary, but it's so liberating. It's, it was one of the most, if, if not the most freeing thing I've ever done um, for so many reasons, but truly as, as scary as it was, it was equally freeing and freedom is huge to me. I think for anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur or is an entrepreneur, it's probably one of your core values, if not right up there in your top 10. Um, because that's that's the whole point, right? We want freedom of time. We want freedom of our energy. We want freedom financially. Every aspect of freedom is what I was craving and what I felt like at least my experience in the corporate world was depriving me of. Yeah, I had money, but that's not even financial freedom. I didn't have any time to spend it. Even when I went on vacation, I literally worked the whole time, which yes, part of that was me choosing to work the whole time, but also I was in a sales role and I couldn't drop the ball. Like I would lose multiple million dollar accounts if I didn't answer their emails and have shit keep moving while I was gone. It didn't matter that I was laying on a beach, like, uh, or, you know, to them. And it was one of those things where I just decided it's, it wasn't worth it. And as a projector, I will just say this too, to anybody listening as a projector, especially it came down to me really respecting myself and honoring my own limited energy. I did not have the energy to be pouring into the corporate world like I was expected to be. And that's not the case at every company. That's maybe not even the case if like, you know, I had explained things. I don't know, but I didn't want to. I was already done at that point. But it's just one of those things where I decided, okay, I have a limited amount of energy to expend on a daily basis. And I am pouring I'm over pouring it every single day into things that I don't want to be pouring it into. And that's leaving nothing for the things I actually do want once I'd figured them out. (laughs) Totally. Oh my goodness. So when you discovered that actually it's interesting because sometimes what I notice with projectors is that if a projector is being recognized, let's say in an environment or doing something that they don't want to be doing, but they're really fucking good at it, it kind of gives this extra energy and stamina to keep doing the thing, even if it pisses you off and you're not satisfied. And so I'm really curious when you 
discovered human design and you're like I'm a projector like how did that crack your world open because I feel like that must have been this insane permission slip to just really want to throw in the towel you know what I mean it it, that's spot on that's exactly what happened you're gonna love this like I I was there for seven years as I mentioned I was in the same role the whole time um, which isn't odd at that company. Like people stay in that sales role for 30 plus years because it can be very financially successful if you do. Like they don't, they choose not to move up. Um, and I came straight out of college. I was definitely like a little prodigy when I came in because I'm a projector and I did exactly what was expected of me. And I have an open identity center. So I literally was whoever I was selling to needed me to be. It felt very manipulative. I also um, just like have channels that speak to that as well. But anyway, (laughs) um, I was a high achiever multiple times. Like I'm getting the trip to Hawaii. I'm getting recognized. Like I'm getting asked to be in all the corporate videos and do the interviews and do training. And like I mentioned to you, that was the one time I went to Canada. I was chosen to do training, to train other people. Like as a, you know, 25 year old, straight out of college, I'm making multiple six figures. I'm like, I'm fucking killing it uh, until I realized I hated it. And then I was like, I'm getting recognized for things I'm good at, not things that I like to do or my actual gifts. I'm just getting recognized for doing exactly what people want me to do. I'm like a perfect good girl here. Um, And it it really slapped me in the face. It really did. And that last year, as you heard, like I'm over here, I got two promotions or I got two raises in my salary. I got asked to train for a promotion, like literally as I'm creating my own exit plans silently in the background of how to leave. Um, And that whole last year, it just became just layer upon layer of resentment and bitterness. Like you are recognizing me for all the wrong things. That five, I was like, you're projecting what you want me to be. And just because I did it once, you think that that's what I'm good at and what I like to do. And that's just like not the case at all. Oh my God. I love how clear you became. (laughs) Once you got into human design, you're like, I know exactly what's happening now. Like that, like righteous bitterness of like, this is not, I'm not tolerating this anymore. Oh my goodness. So what was the, because obviously, I mean, that's a long ass time. You're in the same corporate role for seven years, getting recognized, like this conditioning is just happening. You know, the grooming of like, oh, you're so good at this, but you hate what you're doing. What, what's been the deconditioning process like for you? Because I feel like, especially with the completely open G-Center, like that is, that's a lot, you know? And just so the listeners know, so she's got her emotional solar plexus to root defined connection there. And then the heart to spleen defined with that channel of surrender. And then the rest is open and undefined. So I would love to hear, we're going to kind of go into the human design aspect a bit more because I feel like it's going to be so amazing to see specifically your previous life example, career, transitioning because of human design. And then now human design is like now supporting you moving forward, because obviously this is the work that we do with the people that we work with. Right. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting. I mean, I think it's been a lot of unlearning and learning for sure. And it will probably be forever, especially because I'm open to that. But I think one of the biggest themes that came up for me early on the fears, I should say, was just that 
completely open identity center of being like, who am I going to choose to be? Like, I'm about to have to be visible. I need to make myself visible to be able to share these insights with people. I know I can help people. I know I can support people, but not if they can't see me. And which version of me am I going to show? I think that was probably the biggest piece of deconditioning and also just like really another round of confusion of trying to figure out what how to be, how to exist as somebody with a completely open G center and kind of where I've landed at this moment in time, at least is I love it personally. Um, cause I really get to be whoever I want to be at any given time, which is so fun. Um, it also can be really confusing. And I, I think it helped me to recognize why I have felt like a hypocrite or a flip-flop or like, a just like, I, I'm not definitive. I've never been a definitive person. Like, and I really saw that as a negative until leaning into my human design and now actually getting a chance to play it out live, which I didn't, even knowing it at my corporate job, I still wasn't able to really lean into that. I still was just pandering to whoever I was talking to to make the sale, like, because that's what I was being told I had to do. And yeah, I think that was really scary when I'm like on calls with clients or I'm on a podcast interview or I'm like getting, I'm speaking on a panel or something like that. And it's just me. I, I'm the only one that has say over which version of Claire is going to be expressed today. And that that's been a lot of work around learning how to just drop into my heart space and not speak from my mind. I'm a very logical, rational person. <laughs> and, um, I've kind of had to drop that a little bit and recognize like, I don't have to have it all planned out. I don't have to be one type of way, even in a, one conversation, I can be six different versions of me in that conversation because that's who I am. I really am so happy to hear the amount of confidence and comfort that you have in having a completely open G center. And even for the people that have it undefined, like I, I just feel that more often than not, and you can probably attest to this too. There's so many people that have such a disempowering context around having an undefined youth center. And I think that it is really important, obviously, the kind of environment that you're in. Like, it sounds like, for example, your husband is like really seeing you like, hey, like you're fucking miserable and what you're doing right now. Like, who are you going to be about this? You know what I mean? And so there's that call out for who are you going to be? But I'm really curious because how specifically do you think you created this harmony and comfort and trust within you to allow yourself to be so fluid with who you are. Because I feel like that specific share is going to be so supportive for people who have that undefined open G center, who are trying to not just figure out who they are, but also how can I accept this as well? Yeah, I personally can say something that has been so helpful for me, which I really have only come into in the past year, I would say, is recognizing that every relationship in your life is not going to be the relationship in your life. Like you need to have different outlets, channels, people, places where you can express all the parts of you that you need and want and crave to express. 
that's been huge. And I think that's a lesson that I've learned over and over and over again in my life is not to say that other people aren't multifaceted. We literally are all complex, complicated, multifaceted people. But I think there's a, a unique brand of that when you have an undefined or open G-Center. And finding who I can be, which version of myself with, not that like there aren't relationships that I have that don't accept all sides. It's not the acceptance that I'm worried about. It's like, do you even bring this out of me? Do I bring this out of you? I have more fun tapping into this when I'm with that person. I go deep down the rabbit holes when I'm with that person um, or like reading these types of books. Like it doesn't even have to be relationship specific. It's just recognizing the different outlets where you can tap into all of them so that you don't feel like any part of you is being pushed under the rug. And you also don't feel like you're like pushing certain people to be something that they're, they're not, even if they want to be that for you. This is so genius. Like it's the outlets and the plugging in. Cause you can like literally like a plug into that outlet, unplug, plug into that outlet, unplug. And I love this because what I've actually witnessed my fiance go through, he's doing a lot of career stuff right now. He was so heavily identified with his last corporate job that when he lost it, it, he like lost himself. So I think that this is really important. Like what you're saying for the undefined open G centers is that you need to give yourself permission to be everything but be everything that you want to be, not to be everything that you think you should be. Because that's yes. also the flip side. The undefined G-Center is like, you want to be one thing, like so black and white and hard. And then you all of a sudden you're not that thing. And it's like a culture shock to like not being in that thing anymore, that person with those people. But when you allow yourself to plug in and plug out, you get to be that, that you get to create that environment for that fluidity to actually be self-expressed in a really healthy way. But it's like, being particular about where you're plugging in because obviously if you're going and hanging out with people who are doing things that are not actually aligned with your values that's not good for your undefined you center you're just going to amplify that right so I really I really love that you're giving like such great examples because this also reminds me too of the three line where the three line like I've seen three lines who get so stunned with trying to figure things out and wanting to do like one experiment to get the right answer. And it's like, no, you actually need to just go in there and throw shit at the wall and see what happens. Like that's how you're designed to do it. And so I feel like I see a lot of similarities. They're kind of like cousins. The three line and the undefined open G are like, I really see that relationship there. So I I really love what you just shared. I think that was like so brilliant. Thank you. Now I I agree. I've never put that together, but you're so right. It is, it's a lot of experimentation that goes along with it. I can tell you that in the early stages of the whole existential crisis piece of like, who am I? What do I even care about? What do I even like? I don't have any of my own hobbies. Like if anybody listening to this is into astrology too, it was like, I also have a Pisces moon and a Pisces Venus in my 11th house of friendships and connections. And I, I literally just dissolve into whoever I'm with. Um, and that's a really great thing because I get along with pretty much everybody. And it it's terrifying when you're like, oh shit, like I actually don't have anything. If somebody asked me, I would not be able to tell them what my hobbies are. Um, and so there, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of dabbling, <laughs> experimenting just to try things out and figure out what, 
things, what hobbies, what people, what places were actually resonating with me and which ones I was like, eh, you know, maybe, maybe on a different day. Cause I'm still drawn to like experiment with that, but like, it's not hitting right now. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so loving the permission slip for fluidity and like living life, experimenting identity. Like, I think it's so beautiful. And like, I love that human design can do that for people. It's so good. So I would love to dive in a little bit more to, cause we were talking earlier, obviously you mentioned you were in sales and then you're like, and there's some parts of a human design chart that point to this. Cause you have the channel of surrender connecting yeah. the heart to the spleen. And so I'm curious, I would love for you to just share Cause like, I, I love interviewing and having conversations with people who are deep in their own experiment and who coach others, because you have such a high awareness that when you speak to the specific things in the chart, it's like so good for other people to hear. So I would really love for you to talk about that heart to spleen connection and just, you know, any conditioning or like gifts, like just, just share the wisdom that you feel you wants to come through you right now. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I actually have never been asked that question. Um, and it was one of the things that I saw instantly in my chart and was like, damn, <laughs> I've been had, um, it made so much sense to me because I do feel like that was that coupled with my open G was like such a big player in why I was so successful in my sales role or like, you know, traditionally successful, if you will, because I could manipulate a situation like but let's just call a spade a spade I I could I knew exactly what you wanted me to say and I knew exactly how to say it and if any of my former clients or customers are listening to this I love you I'm sorry um <laughs> it's not it's not that I was doing it out of a place of hatred like it was I will say I genuinely knew I could support people and help them but I also was being forced to close deals in my pipeline like anybody that's in a corporate job, you know, you know, the lingo. And I was using that skill to my advantage. Like I really, at the end there, I will say I was starting to feel very much in the lower vibration, the lower expression of that spectrum where I was like, because I am so aware now. And because I know that this isn't the way I want to be supporting people, whether it was being directly, manipulative with my desire to close the sale or not it felt like it was every time I was closing a sale or keeping a client or whatever the, the thing was because it was just like very long story short just to give more context like I was in the supply chain industry and everyone who was alive for the past several years knows that like the supply chain during COVID was not a really fun business to be in so there was a lot of, you know, bad news I was relaying every single day for years and trying to just convince people that it it was okay and I was still going to be able to support them. And that just felt really grimy because even though I obviously was going to do my best to do it, I I didn't know if we could. And it felt manipulative and it felt gross and it just felt like I was kind of like using using and abusing my gifts a little bit. I appreciate your honesty. And also I appreciate that I feel like with that channel or just having a defined heart, even if 
you are not, and I mean you as in a generalization, even if people are not intentionally being manipulative, there's always in the background that concern of am I being manipulative, even if you're not, because that influence, the heart center is like rarely defined. So when you do have it defined, you're probably going to walk into a room and naturally have that influence over people just energetically, right? And it's also, it's all about integrity, commitment, drive, desires. Like there's very just like gutsy, you know, get shit done vibes in that heart center, which I think you have three out of four motor centers defined in your chart. So like, that's probably also why you had so much stamina in your corporate job is because you had, you were an energy projector as they say in traditional terms, Mm -hmm. right? So it's so interesting how, you know, I'm curious now being out of the environment of, of sales to that capacity, because obviously as coaches running businesses, we still sell, but it's not, it's not the same as like those harsh targets that we have in sales. And I can speak to that because I was also doing sales before this. So I'm curious now, like in alignment, what does that look like and feel like for you? That channel and like the heart and the spleen. Yeah, I think that goes back to tapping into the heart space versus the the mind again. Like that's been a big part of it because at the end of the day, I do have integrity and I do want to genuinely support people whether it benefits me or not at the end of the day like I want people to live their best lives I want them to feel like their lives are meaningful and fulfilling like that's as straightforward as it gets and whether I'm supporting them or not it doesn't matter and I think I have the freedom now on the other side in running my own business and being the one that calls the shots to actually feel that way versus how I felt that way at you know in a corporate sales role you can feel that way and and have integrity and want your clients your customers to be supported and have their needs met and have a whatever a win-win situation for them is want them to have that but you also have to want it to be with you. And I think letting go of it needing to be with me has been a really big key to attracting people who can see that I can support them. And I'm not going to push them to have me be the one to do it or to do it before they're ready because that's just, it's not about making the sale for me. Like it really is about genuinely helping you. And I think- anybody who's running a business in alignment is going to feel similarly to that. Yes. It's so good. Oh my gosh. I love how, when you look at the connections of certain aspects of the charts, you can just really see someone's essence come through, you know, like as a projector, naturally seeing people deeply like that penetrative, like I fucking see you. And then you have the open G center. I fucking see you. And then there's the, the heart and the spleen. And it's like, this desire and this drive to bring the resources to people and to see the best in people because the 44 is all about like that optimizing and knowing like who would be best for what all of that is like playing into your embodiment you know of how you thrived in a corporate environment but then also how you're you're thriving in a business environment right so I just like love these conversations where we can see how we're gonna have these activations in our chart whether it's defined undefined open And it really does play into the environment that you're in. And if you're doing the things that you want to do, like there's, it just goes to show the level of frequency and fluidity that we have as people, which I think is like so beautiful. And so I would love, can you talk about your other channel that you have the 19 to 49 
and your your experience with you know that pressure into your emotional solar plexus which is obviously also your authority yeah i i would love to hear your thoughts on this as well too but <laughs> obviously you're not going to be able to speak to it first person but i can tell you that i totally feel the pressure cooker of the root center like i as you heard root chakra just in general, human design aside, even like that is a piece of me that I am working through constantly and, you know, really trying to feel grounded in what I'm doing and how I'm feeling at any given time. I think anybody that has a defined emotional center knows that at times it can feel, you know, a little, honestly, a little manic for lack of a better way of describing it with the ups and downs that are just happening like on a regular basis at really extreme highs and lows sometimes. Um, and I think just that channel to me at least really speaks to how it can be challenging to feel grounded when you're constantly in flux, like at your core. <laughs> um, and I think what I've realized in my corporate role, when I was trying to make the big decision to exit, which was huge for me, that might not sound like a big deal to some people, but trying to quit my job was literally probably the biggest decision I have made up to this point in my life. As dramatic as that sounds like it was, it was huge. It changed my identity as you just described with your fiance. And I think the feelings really vacillated a lot when I was going through that decision-making process of like, do I want to do it? When am I going to do it? I need to do it the right way. I don't want to burn bridges. How do I feel about this? I'm feeling really depressed. I should just stay here. I'm feeling really high, high. I cannot wait to build this business. Like it was, it was very confusing and challenging to feel grounded that whatever decision I was going to make was right until back to the earlier point until I was just like, you know what? I feel in my core that whether I'm feeling on the high or on the low of this wave, like it's, it's the right thing to do. Cause I don't want to be here. And I think I have shared that with a lot of my clients and my friends in general, just like that can be a really helpful tool when you do have an emotional authority is to figure out what you don't want. And that makes it by process of elimination easier even if you don't know what you do want to exit situations or say no to situations that aren't for you. Because sometimes that's a lot clearer, or at least for me. Yeah. And I, I love that you bring that up too, because sometimes I feel in the online space or just with spirituality and emotional processing is that it's so heavily weighed to just focus on what it is that you want, right? And you kind of bypass the negative feelings and things that are inside you that you're actually afraid of, you know? And I feel that because that wave is from the root into the emotional solar plexus, like there is going to be this pressure to process the emotions. And with that being the channel of synthesis and like I have the 19 in my Venus, I think it is. And I noticed that because it's it's about that sensitivity, it's like being extra sensitive to your own feelings. So you have feelings about your fucking feelings literally right so it's just it's just really interesting and I also feel like too that emotional waves like they take time and I feel like a lot of traditional 
let's just say like cisgender white male books on personal development or like successful people make a lot of decisions very quickly. And it completely disregards the fact that making emotionally charged decisions aren't always the best solution. And I think it can be situational. Some people might argue with me on that. I'm not saying everyone should like take their sweet ass time, but if you really have not emotionally processed, then you're making you're making a decision on your feelings, not what you actually think about the situation, you know, because that mental clarity comes after feeling the feelings. So it's like, and I find it interesting too, because you have that channel is like half conscious, half unconscious. So then it's like, you're kind of, you know, meeting in the middle of like, okay, I really feel this emotionally, but then from the root, it's like unconsciously firing off this pressure inside of you. So that's like, that's a lot. Yeah. Not knowing just the the funny little like root not knowing the root of where it's coming from sometimes just knowing the feeling is definitely part of the confusion for sure and I'm I'm glad you brought that up too because I can say something that I've seen play out in my life is yes I think time is necessary like with any emotional authority I think the time window is what shifts as you get clearer on yourself and your feelings and the way you feel your feelings and how to feel your feelings and you know what you value all the things just as you understand yourself on that deeper level it's it's like that time window that you need to find the clarity shrinks yes yes I think that's so great that you brought that up because obviously the more sure that you are of yourself if you're in the correct environment if you have emotional support from other people you're going to be able to process your emotions calmly because you're not going to be emotionally charged about your emotions (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh my goodness so before I think the last thing that I really want to dive into and obviously we could probably talk for like three hours but I want to ask you because we've talked a bit about I mean we've talked a lot about human design and just like the work that you're doing moving into coaching and everything and being in coaching what are the ways that you love to use human design with clients that is just something that really lights you up? Because I know that this is what I asked you before we hit record because I always want to make sure that I capture like the thing that lights people up. My little sacral bias there, but yes, I want to hear it. I love it. I love it. I need the sacral over here, so I'll take it. Um, I mean, I definitely use it as a tool for self-discovery and empowerment, like first and foremost over everything. And I think one of the things that I make sure this goes back to like tapping into the heart and what people actually need versus what I want to share with them. Cause as a five, one, I'm like, let me tell you all the things that I've read about. I know everything. Like I don't obviously, but I want to share every detail that I know. Um, and I think really making sure that I'm helping people to connect the key dots that's going to support them the most is huge for me. It's like, that's not going to look the same for everybody. And also it doesn't matter if you're piecemealing this information to people and just giving them their whole chart explained piece by piece, if you're not helping them to connect the dots between them so that they can actually integrate it. Like that's been a huge piece that I obviously like wasn't doing when I was doing readings right out of the gate I was just like spewing information that I had learned and now that's been a huge piece and I think oh a way that I have a lot of fun doing that and I think a lot of people do this but I just love it you brought it up earlier is the real life examples like I think that is the best way 
for people to actually make sense of this, see how it's playing out live, actually have things click into place and be like, okay, now the next time a situation like this presents itself, I can recognize that behavior because even if I knew I behaved X, Y, and Z way, like just raising my level of awareness to knowing that now I, I've had somebody else tell me that and I'm doing it specifically in these types of situations or in this way, that's going to make it all the more likely that I can actually choose to be empowered in that moment and, you know, pick my destination, if you will. Do I want to behave the same way I've always been behaving or do I want to actually lean into the higher road? This is so good. And one thing I love about the behavioral aspect that we're diving into right now is I feel that a lot of traditional therapy, for example, is like, we're going to look into past trauma. Oh, let's look at how you were raised by your parents and the, the experiences that you had. I'm not saying that in that tone to invalidate it. I'm saying it in that tone to say that with human design, as an example, it's like, this is your energetic expression. Like, this is the why you're being the way that you're being right now and doesn't have to do with your past experiences. It just fucking is, right? And so I feel that it's so interesting. It's such a paradox, the way that it's so nuanced, but it's also very black and white. And it's literally an experimentation. We're designed to take this information and experiment with it. And I really love you talk so much about the integration aspect because I find that a lot of people they're keen to do the certifications and to do the courses and to get the readings like they want to acquire all of this information but the magic really happens when you go and like you live your life like I literally just did a reading with a woman yesterday and we were diving into some corporate stuff and relationship things and it was like giving like looking at her chart and giving specific examples about why you're going to do x y and z based on these gates and these channels and your strategy and your authority is so unique to that person like I would never say that to you because you're completely different designs different authorities all the things but I just find that so fascinating like the nuance gets to be a really massive permission slip for people I fully agree and I think something that you and I were talking about briefly just before we started recording that I I really love viewing it this way is I think so many people to your point like they use it to say here's how you are, here's your gifts, here's your strengths, go play with them. And that's beautiful, but I think it's equally important to recognize the potential patterns that we might have, the potential you know, pitfalls or challenges, the lower expressions, because I view human design and astrology and like all things like this on a spectrum. I think there's a high expression, there's a lower expression, there's 900,000 expressions in between those two of what flavor is gonna come out. And I think when we can really be aware of the potential lower expressions that can manifest, it really actually helps us when we acknowledge them, when we don't just pretend they're not there to get closer to the higher end of that spectrum. It's like when we just pretend they're not there and we only talk about the higher end of the spectrum, it's like, cool, but that's not actually helping me to get there. Totally. Oh my gosh. I'm loving this because your conscious son is 41, which I have twice in my chart and like that breaking of the cycle. So the shadow of fantasy, people like, what the fuck? What do you mean fantasy? And I'm like, it has to do with the start and stop codon ring in the gene keys. And that's really about breaking cycles. 
you have to anticipate a change, which is the gift to break the cycle. And emanation is really the consequence of that. So it's so funny because I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh, look at that. The work that you do with people is exactly your life's work. Like how perfect. You know what I mean? So I just thought that was so good. I was like listening to you. I was like, I need to point this out. Thank you. Because truly, I don't see these things as much in my own. So I love when people point that stuff out. This is why I love talking to people who like actually speak the language because <laughs> I have nobody to hold the mirror up to me. So yes. I appreciate oh that. My God. I loved our conversation today. I feel like we went so deep and I feel like we probably triggered some people in terms of getting them to really question like, am I actually doing what I want to be doing? And I hope that if you are triggered, it's like in the best way possible and you better let us know when you take a new action because we want to hear what happens. So before I wrap things up, I want to ask, what is a piece of wisdom that you intuitively want to leave with the listeners today? I think just in that vein, I can just say, if you are one of the people that did get triggered by our conversation, specifically in the way of recognizing or, you know, not being able to like pull the wool over your eyes anymore about your current situation, whether that is a job or a relationship or any other circumstance that you know in your bones is not right for you, just know that it's not necessarily not going to be scary to leave that situation. But if you know it is wrong for you, it is 100% worth taking the risk to do it, to leave the discomfort to pursue a different form of discomfort that's actually going to lead you to where you want to go. Like that has been such an obvious thing for people that have done that, I think. Um, but until you have done that for yourself, it really doesn't make sense or ring true. And I can tell you on the other side of it, I have been in your shoes and I regret not one piece of it. Am I still figuring out all of the question marks that I had when I left? Yes. Yes, I am. I will be completely honest with you. I don't regret it one bit though. I'm so much happier, so much freer on the other side. Yes. Oh, such a good note to like wrap up this conversation. Thank you for saying that. And also how can our audience connect with you? And if you have any freebies, links and whatnot, I'm going to put them in the show notes. For sure. So I would say I'm most active and, you know, you can always hop in my DMs if you want to on Instagram. My name on there is claire.compagna. And since it's in the show notes, I will not bother spelling that for you. Um, and then my website is also where you can just find what I'm doing, what I'm up to, how to work with me. That's clairecompagna.com. And I would be happy to give you guys my freebie. You probably already know this if you're listening to this podcast, but it's tips for soul connection guidebook. Um, and it's really based on your human design, like how to live by design. And it's basically one of those where you just scroll to your specific characteristics and kind of just read a little tidbit to help you again, integrate how to actually fold that into your life. So good. Amazing. Thank you. I'm going to put all this in the show notes. And also I will be doing an interview on Claire's channel as well. So you yes. can bounce back in tweet bounce back in between both the channels and get all the wisdom so thank you so much for coming on Claire I really loved our conversation today it was so good 
course. Thank you for having me. And thanks for bringing that up. I always forget to mention my podcast. Allow me to clarify. <laughs> yes. And actually, I love the pun. She, the way she spells it, like, it's just, I'm like, oh, you're so clever the way that you did that. So that's also going to be the show notes for everyone. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. I really, I seriously could talk to you for like four hours straight. So I'm glad we get to have another conversation. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in today. And of course, check the show notes. And if you can take a moment to subscribe to the channel and leave a review, you can swipe five stars on Spotify or leave a review on Apple.